ضرب الله Allah presents مثلاً an example عبداً of a slave of a servant that is مملوكاً that is owned owned by who? someone else the word ضربه has been used what does the word ضربه literally mean? to hit, to strike but the word ضربه is used in several ways sometimes it's used for travel okay but that is ضرب في الأرض not every ضربة means to travel. Okay? ضرب في الأرض to strike on the earth, meaning strike your feet as in walk through the earth. That is when the word ضرب means travel. Likewise, the word ضربة also means to put forth, to offer, to present. Has it happened with you sometimes that you're talking to somebody and it's something very obvious, but they're not understanding? So what happens? You get frustrated, right? So when you want to show them something, what do you do? You're like, here, see this. Don't you get it? Don't you get it already? It's so simple. Or when someone is not using their sense and they're throwing a tantrum, like for example a child, and begging and being whiny and literally annoying you, then what do you do? What you have in your hand, you just toss it in front of them. Here, take it. Right? So, ضَرَبَ مَثَلًا the concept is so basic, it is so clear, yet, oh people, if you don't get it, then here, take this example. Allah puts forth, He offers, He presents an example to you. When is it that you have to give an example to someone? So that they can understand? Easily. Why? Because if you just talk to them in abstract terms, they won't be able to understand. So you have to give an example, show an example, so that the other person can understand easily, quickly, and correctly. So, ضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا Allah gives an example over here of an abdam mamlukan, of a slave that is mamluk. Mamluk from milkiyah, mulk, to own, to possess. So mamluk is one who is owned. One who is owned. You may have heard of the mamluk dynasty in Islamic history. Are you familiar with the term? Mamluk dynasty. It was basically people who were originally slaves, but they rose to the throne. Okay? So they were known as the Mamluks. Okay? So Mamluk is someone who is owned. Abdam Mamlukan. A slave who is owned, Allah says about him, La Yaqdiru. He is not able. This person who is owned, this slave, he is not able to do what? Ala Shayin over anything. Meaning he cannot do anything of his own choice. He cannot do anything willingly by his own will. If he wants to go somewhere, he needs the permission of his master. If he does not want to do something, still he doesn't have a choice. He has to do it. Abdam Mamluk. We haven't seen slaves, so we don't know what slavery is like. But... Has it ever happened with you that you're sitting somewhere, like for example in this class even sometimes, and you wish to just get up and go and eat something or have a cup of tea or just take a walk outside or just get up and go already. But what happens? You know that you cannot because your mother is sitting at the back of the class. Huh? And she's going to stare at you from the moment you get up to the moment you walk out and later you're going to get it. Hmm? So what happens? You don't feel free. Isn't it? You don't feel free. And when you don't feel free, you feel like you cannot do anything by your own will. You're constantly being dictated, do this, do this, do this, do this, sit here, don't sit there. 
Sit until this time, don't sit until this time. Look in front, look at your juice, hold your pen, write. You're like, please, give me a break. Hmm? So there are moments when we experience this kind of control. Alhamdulillah for such people who control us. Because technically we should be controlling ourselves, but sometimes we feel so weak that we are not able to control ourselves. Sometimes the eyes of another individual, they control us really good. So anyway, Abd Mamluk. Now imagine an Abd Mamluk whose entire life is like that. Entire life is like that. Not a moment of freedom, not a day of freedom. No choice in anything. With regards to his clothing, with regards to his marriage, with regards to his food, with regards to his drink, nothing. Abdam Mamluk, la yaqdiru ala shay. He cannot do anything by his own will. So this is one individual. And on the other hand is woman and the one who razaqnahu, we have given him, minna from us rizqan hasana, a good provision. A good provision. When you're talking about good money, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? A lot. Then it's good. Because if it's a $2 bill, like for example, a toonie, okay, over here we have toonies, and it's very shiny, very shiny, brand new, and somebody gives it to you on Eid, what will you say? Seriously? They're like, yeah, it's shiny, it's beautiful, it's brand new. $2, really? I have more than that. You give me something better than that. What is better? More in quantity. When it comes to money, what is good? More. So rizqan hasana, a good provision, meaning a lot of provision. On the one hand is a guy who is owned, who is a slave. And on the other hand is a person who has a lot of money. And he has a lot of money, what does he do with it? فَهُوَ he يُنْفِقُ He spends. مِنْهُ from it. سِرًا Secretly وَجَهْرًا And openly. He spends from his money secretly and openly. Secretly meaning in private without telling anybody about it. And he can also spend openly, publicly. Why is it that he can spend in both of these ways? Because he's got so much money that if he spends something secretly, nobody's going to find out. Nobody's going to find out. You know when we have a limited amount of money, then what happens? We're counting every dollar. Right? The husband and wife, they're keeping an eye on one another. Parents and children sometimes are keeping an eye on one another. Right? You spend this much money on gas? Really? You already need more money on gas? What happened? Look at your phone bill. What's wrong with you? You spend this much money again on groceries? We're counting every dollar. Isn't it? So even if we're spending something secretly, you know, we have to think, can I hide this somehow? Like really hide it so that my husband doesn't find out? And my parents don't find out? When? When do we spend in this manner? When we are tight. But... Sirran wa jahra. Who can spend like that? Who's got so much money that even if he spends some, a great amount secretly, the spouse is not going to find out. Nobody's going to question. So where did those $50 go? Where did that $100 go? Nobody's going to find out. He can spend so easily. Sirran wa jahra. Now these two people, one is a person who is so limited in his capacity. He doesn't even have the freedom to say what he wants to, to express his Feelings. To sleep for five extra minutes. No, he doesn't have that freedom. And on the other hand is a person who has so much freedom that he can spend openly, secretly, however, and nobody's going to question him. Allah asks us, هَلْ يَسْتَوُونَ Are they equal? These two people who are mentioned over here, are they equal? Think about it. Are they equal? Are they the same in any way? 
No, they're not. They're not the same. Alhamdulillah. Allah says, all praise to Allah. Alhamdulillah. When do you say Alhamdulillah? When something good has happened. Huh? So Alhamdulillah, finally you get it. Finally you get it. That a slave and a rich person cannot be the same. They cannot be placed on the same level. There is a huge difference between the two. But still, بَلْ أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Rather, most of the people do not know. What do they not know? The shirk that they're committing, that how it's so illogical, it doesn't make any sense. They don't realize this. لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Because if they knew that shirk does not make sense, they would not have been doing it. Now, why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents this example? He presents this example to show to people how shirk does not make sense. Associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is something that is completely illogical. Earlier, we learned in this surah many, many blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. And these blessings, when we see them around us, when we realize that Allah is the giver, what do we realize? How great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And now over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is refuting shirk. He is refuting shirk. Because the mushrikeen, what is that they worship? They worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but along with worshiping Allah, they also worship multiple gods. So here Allah presents an example to make them understand that look, what you're doing is not right. You might have very beautiful explanations and very apparently reasonable excuses for your shirk. That when you worship these idols, then you will get money. When you will worship these idols, you will have children and you will be safe and there will be abundance in your rizq. No, but the fact is that the true giver is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abdul Mamluk, the owned slave, who does that represent? The creation. The false gods that are worshipped besides Allah. Whether it's an idol, or it's a human being, or an angel, or a jinn, or an animal, whatever it may be. Anything that is worshipped besides Allah, that is what? Abdul Mamluk. Because Allah alone is the Khaliq. Right? قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ Say Allah is one. Meaning there is only one ilah. There is no Allah but Him. He is only one. Which means that He is the only one who deserves worship. Why? Because He is the only Khaliq, the only Creator. And everyone besides Him is what? The creation. And the creation is owned. Owned by who? Allah. How much control, how much authority does Allah have over His creation? Absolute. 100%. So much so, that if Allah says to something, Kun, it will happen. Kun, it will happen. If Allah tells angel Israfil right now to blow the trumpet, what will happen? The entire heavens and the earth? Finished. Finished. This is how much control Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has over His creation. So, Abdul Mamluk, they're owned, they're possessed, they have no will. Even if they do have their own will, can they do anything? Can they execute their will? Can they go on doing whatever they want? No, they cannot. Abdul Mamluk. And an idol is really the perfect example of Abdul Mamluk. How? Because it's, you know, if someone smashes it, it will break. Someone puts it up on, you know, on a wall, it will sit there. If someone pushes it from there, it will fall. Abdul Mamluk. It doesn't have any control over itself. Rather, 
its master has control over it. On the other hand is who? Someone who has been given rizqan hasan by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who does that represent? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the sense that He has so much power, so much wealth, every power He possesses. And He can execute His will. Whatever He wants, He can do. Whatever He wants, He can do it. Nobody can question Him. Just like a rich person, when He spends, who will question Him? Who will question Him? Nobody can. You know, sometimes people who have a lot of money, they can make the worst choices. The worst decisions. But even there, uh, you know, for example, accountant. What can the accountant say? Why did you make this purchase? Don't you realize you cannot afford this? What will he say? Whatever, you're fired. Can he do that? Of course, just two words, you're fired. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has even more authority and power than that. Can you put a rich person and a slave at the same level? No. Then how can you put the creation at the same level as that of the Creator? How is it that you can love someone the way you should be loving Allah alone? You can beg someone the way you should be begging Allah alone. How can you do that? How can you equate the creation with the Creator? بَلْ أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ But still most people do not know that how illogical shirk is. They still don't get it. Even though the example is so clear, the concept is so clear, still they don't get it. وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ And Allah also strikes. مَثَلًا An example. Meaning another example. If you still don't get it, here. Another example is thrown before you. Of رَجُلَيْنِ Two men. رَجُلَيْنِ is a dual of رَجُل. Two men. And these two men, أَحَدُهُمَا One of them two is أَبْكَمْ He is mute. Unable to speak. أَبْكَمْ بَا كَافْ We learned this very very early in the Qur'an. صُمٌ بُكْمٌ عُمْيٌ Right? So أَبْكَمْ is who? Someone who is not able to speak. So here is a man who is not able to speak. He is not able to speak and لَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَى شَيْءٍ And even he cannot do anything by himself. وَهُوَ And he is كَلٌ A burden عَلَى on مَوْلَاهُ His guardian. Meaning he is completely dependent on his caretaker. Okay? Because many times it happens that a person who is not able to speak, that's not the only thing that they're struggling with. They also have other you know, difficulties and other trials. Like for example, some people, they're unable to speak and they're unable to hear. They cannot even hear. They cannot even listen. And they cannot even see. Now imagine, someone who cannot see, cannot hear, cannot speak. Will he be able to do anything by himself? No. He's not able to. He needs someone to guide him. He needs someone to show him the way. Alhamdulillah, today there are so many resources available, so many things available because of which even such people can become, you know, can reach a certain level of independence. But many places where these options are not available, such children or such family members are completely dependent on their family members. لا يقدر على شيء وهو كل على مولاه كل كل is from the root letters كاف لام لام. Do you remember the word kalala? Kalala. Where did we learn that? In Surah An-Nisa. Huh? And who is kalala? Think about it. Someone who has no 
ascendants and no descendants. Right? So ascendants has in no parents. And no descendants has in no children. So when this person dies, where does his money go? This is a big question. Right? So if he has brothers and sisters, it will go to them. In their absence, then it will go to other relatives. And we've learned this earlier. Kalala, why is he called Kalala? Because Kalla literally means to get tired. Kalal, to get tired. Generally, when you need help, who helps you? Your brother? Your sister? No. They are helpful sometimes, until a certain age. But in your childhood, who is it that really helps you? Your parents. If you don't have their help, you'd be really tired. Tired of life even. When a person comes older, then what happens? Who is helpful to him? His children. And if he doesn't have them, then he will be tired. Okay? So this is the connection between Kalal and Kalala. So Kal is someone who is a complete burden on the other. Why? Because he cannot do anything himself. He's tired himself and he makes others tired also. وَهُوَ كَلٌّ عَلَى مَوْلَاهِ On his guardian. Who is the guardian? The caretaker, whoever is taking care of this person. A relative. أَيْنَمَا يُوَجِّهُ Wherever he directs him. Who? The guardian, the caretaker. Wherever this guardian directs this individual who is mute, unable to speak, and is completely dependent on his guardian, what happens? لا يأتي بخير. He does not bring anything good. Meaning, this person, this handicapped person, he cannot produce anything. He cannot do anything. If his guardian says, go this way, go to your room, can he go there? No. If he says, here, do this activity, can he do it? No. If he puts a plate of food in front of him, can he eat it himself? No. لا يأتي بخير. He cannot bring anything good. Meaning, he cannot do anything himself. لا يأتي بخير. هل يستوي هو؟ Is this one equal? هو he equal to who? Woman and the one who يأمر بالعدل, the one who commands justice. When can the other person command justice? The other individual whose example is being given. When can he command justice? When he is able to speak. Here is a person who is mute, completely dependent on his guardian. Cannot do anything. Wherever he is put, he just stays there. He doesn't produce anything. On the other hand is an individual who يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ Who orders justice. وَهُوَ عَلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ And he is on the straight path. He is doing the right thing. He is doing the right thing, meaning he is producing something good. Again, completely opposite. Completely opposite. In the previous ayah, what did we learn? One is a slave and the other is a master. And in this ayah, what do we learn? One is mute and the other person, he speaks. So there is no comparison. They're not equal in any way whatsoever. Likewise, the makhluq and the khaliq, they can never be equal in any way whatsoever. Let's listen to the recitation of these two verses. And then some more lessons. ضرب الله مثلا عبدا مملوكا لا يقدر على شيء ومن رزقناه منا رزقا حسنا 
In the second ayah, the individual that is described in the first part of the ayah, meaning the one who is mute, unable to speak, unable to do anything, completely dependent on his guardian, what does it show? How helpless he is. Again, the same concept is being explained in a different way. In the first ayah, why is he helpless? Because he is owned. He doesn't have a free will. Over here, why is he helpless? Because he's limited in his ability. So limited that he cannot even do anything. He cannot even go anywhere, say anything, express even a single word, even a single sound. And an idol that is worshipped besides Allah, what can it say? Does it say anything? If it's placed in the sun, it will stay in the sun. If it's placed in front of an air conditioner, it will freeze over there. If it's placed in a refrigerator, in an oven, it cannot do anything. It cannot even defend itself. So how again can you put the creation next to the Creator and say they're both the same? Who is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who? There is no one that is like Allah. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ No one who is like Allah. So who is it that we can compare with Allah? Nobody. Who is it that can be given the same importance then? Nobody. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ وَلِلَّهِ غَيْبُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And to Allah belongs the unseen of the heavens and the earth. So vast is His knowledge. So great is His power. That anything that is hidden in the heavens, in the skies, or anything that is hidden in the earth, who knows it? Who knows it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is hidden from us? What is ghayb? What is hidden from us? Hmm? We think that just because we know all the continents and we know all the oceans and we know where the lakes are and we know what different kinds of trees there are and different kinds of birds there are, we know a lot. But the more that we discover, what is it that we realize? How much more there is still to learn. How much more there is still to discover. It's just the tip of the iceberg. right? It's just the tip. We have hardly discovered anything. If you think about our own bodies even, are they hidden from us? Yes. Don't you wonder sometimes, you know when you're hurting sometimes in your hand, you're like, I wonder what's going on inside. You know, if I could just open this up and see, but you know, it's not possible for you to open it up and see. Right? You just want to open it up and take that thing out because of which all that pain is there. But you can't do that. Your own body is hidden from you. What's going on in your stomach? Why do you have so much pain? 
Why? You don't even know the cause. Why are you getting sick again and again and again? You don't know what the cause is because the cause is hidden from you. What's hidden inside the food? You don't even know. We don't even know what's hidden inside the food that we eat. We think it's just pure milk, but there's a lot of things inside. Huh? We think it's just bread, but there's a lot of stuff inside it. You know, sometimes when you see the list of the ingredients, you wonder, this small piece, how many things does it have? Now, this is a physical realm, right? But what's going on inside a person's heart? Even that is like what they're feeling, what they're thinking, what they're planning. You're talking to someone and what's going on in their head, you have no idea. Who knows it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِلَّهِ غَيْبُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ So vast is His knowledge, so perfect is His ability and His power. Every individual, He is listening to Him. He is listening to His heart. He is listening to His words. وَلِلَّهِ غَيْبُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا أَمْرُ And the command of the hour, meaning for the hour to commence, is nothing illa except kalamhi al-basar. Like the glance of the eye. Meaning how quickly can the hour be established at the command of Allah? Just as you glance at something and look away. How quickly can you glance at something and look away? Lamh al-basar. It's literally less than a moment, less than a second. You know sometimes when you are really focused, for example on driving, and then you have to just take a quick glance, you know, to your right or to your left, how quickly that happens. Lamhil basar. Now in that moment, the hour can be established. Or it is even closer than that. Meaning it will take less time than that. Less time than that it will take for the hour to establish. Inna Allah ala kulli shayin qadir. Indeed Allah is over all things capable. He's capable. You know sometimes literally, you find out that an earthquake that lasted five seconds, 50 seconds, one minute. And what happened in that one minute that the earth was shaking? What happened? Hundreds of lives lost. So many buildings collapsed. Right? Everything turns into a mess. Just an earthquake of not that great magnitude, but just for a few moments. What devastation it can cause. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can establish the hour in the glance of the eye and even less than that because he is capable to do anything that he wants in Allah ala kulli shay'in qadir wallahu akhrajakum and Allah produced you he brought you out he took you out he took you out from where min butuni ummahatikum from the wombs of your mothers butun is a plural of batan again you were hidden over there you were hidden over there Your mother didn't know what you were, who you were going to look like, who you were going to resemble, whether you were going to be a boy or a girl, how big or small your hands and your legs and your feet would be. No idea, even after a 3D ultrasound. No clue. Still, so many questions. You don't know what a baby is going to be like until the baby actually comes out. And wallahu akhrajakum. Allah brought you out. What does this mean? That a person doesn't have choice over this matter even. Even over this matter, a person doesn't have any choice. And you hear so many stories, right? That this woman, she was expecting, but what happened? The baby came five days late. No, he didn't come five days late. He came on his time. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to 
bring him out. Sometimes even mothers are induced. But despite that, it takes a while. Wallahu akhrajakum Because the matter relies with who? Only Allah. Not the doctor, not the midwife, not the nurse, not the mother, nobody. Wallahu akhrajakum Min butuni ummahatikum He brought you out from there. La ta'alamuna shay'a And you knew nothing. You had no knowledge. You did not even know ABCs. You did not even know what a mother is. You didn't know. You had no clue. لا تعلمون شيئاً Have you ever seen a baby, you know, the face is all scratched? And you ask the mom, what happened? What's the answer? He scratched himself. How? Because he's just, you know, swinging his arms here and there. And he doesn't realize that he, you know, swings his hand directly on the face and scratches his face. Because the movement is not coordinated. Children don't even know how to move their arms. Babies don't even know how to do that. They hurt themselves in the process. لَا تَعْلَمُونَ شَيْئًا وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ And He made for you السَّمْرَ The hearing وَالْأَبْصَارَ And the seeing The vision Meaning the eyes وَالْأَفْئِدَةَ And the hearts لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you will be grateful. He created you. He produced you. While you were completely ignorant. But He gave you the tools of learning. And what are the tools of learning? Eyes, ears, and hearts. Eyes to see with. Observe. And when children observe, then what happens? They take in. They absorb what they see. And whatever they see, that is what they do. Monkey see, monkey do. Right? So many times you hear this about children. Just because a child saw the older child doing something or saw the mother doing something or saw the father doing something, they will imitate. And also, ears. They hear and they replay your words. Literally. In the same style, in the same manner, the same words. Asam, absar, and af'idah. Af'idah is a plural of fu'ad, heart. Heart has been used over here for reasoning. So a heart where you learn all these things, absorb all this information, retain this information, and then produce it, reproduce it. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you are grateful. Just be grateful for the fact that He blessed you with these tools, and you learned so many things, and now look at you. Is there any comparison between you and a young baby, and a little newborn? No. So much difference. What's the level of knowledge of a baby And what is the average level of, you know, IQ or whatever of an adult? So different. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So be grateful for this blessing. In Surah Al-Mulk, Ayah 23, we learn, قُلْ هُوَ الَّذِي أَنْشَأَكُمْ وَجَعْلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةِ قَلِيلًا مَا تَشْكُرُونَ How little it is that you are grateful. Meaning you show very, very little thanks for these blessings. أَلَمْ يَرَوْ Have they not seen? Have they not looked at? إِلَى الطَّيْرِ At the birds. مُسَخَّرَات That are controlled. مُسَخَّرَات is a plural of? مُسَخَّرَة From سِين خَارَة تَسْخِير And تَسْخِير is to put to service, to control. Like for example, the clouds. They are مُسَخَّر The sun, the moon, they are مُسَخَّر Meaning they are controlled. They are doing what they are supposed to. They don't just move wherever they want to. 
or they're not just pushed away by anything. No, they're musakha, they're fixed in place. Whatever they're supposed to do, they do. So likewise, the birds, they're musakharat. Fi jawis sama in the jaw of the sky. What does jaw mean? Jaw atmosphere, mid air. Jaw is air. So you see the birds, they're in mid air, flying between the sky and the earth. Ma illallah. What is holding them there except Allah? Who is holding these birds that are smaller than you, lighter than you, weaker than you, but still they're floating mid-air, flying over there. مَا إِلَّا اللَّهِ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ Indeed, in that are surely signs for people who believe. What signs? When you look at the birds, what do you think? That this bird can fly. It's in mid-air, yet it does not fall. It's so windy, it's raining sometimes, it's so hot, but still this bird is flying. The other day I was on the road and I see there's a seagull. Okay? And flying, you know, just floating in one place, literally, okay, suspended in one place. And there's cars driving beneath it. I'm wondering, what is this bird doing here? Is it going to come and pick something up from the ground? Because this is a road and there's so many cars, you know, moving so fast. And I looked down on the road and I saw what appeared to be Cheetos. Okay, bright orange chips. Okay? And this bird, so clever, is just waiting there in midair, okay, for the cars to just, you know, be on the side so that it can just come in, take the food and go away. Amazing. How is it that it stays in one place? And look at those guts. I mean, look at that fearlessness. The cars that are so big, going at such speed, but the bird, so willing, that I'm going to go get that food, I'm going to go get those Cheetos. Huh? So, ma illallah. Who is holding them there except Allah? Meaning, who has taught them how to fly? Who has given them the ability to fly? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a lesson that if the birds are flying, they're being held up in the air, it's because Allah is holding them there. Likewise, O oh people, if you're living, if you're surviving, it's because Allah is holding you there. Allah is giving you this life. And whenever He wants, He will take away this life from you. So do you realize how much in control you are of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How dependent you are on Him? If you see anything, if you've learned anything, it's because He gave you the ability. If you have anything, it's because He gave it to you in the first place. And if you're living, again, it's because He is making you live. So quickly He can take away the very blessing of life from you, how quickly? Kalamhil basar. Like the glance of the eye. So quickly. He can take everything away from you, so you're left with nothing. So don't turn away from him. And don't be ungrateful to him. Recitation. وَمَا أَمْرُ السَّاعَةِ إِلَّا كَلَمْحِ الْبَصَرِ أَوْ هُوَ أَقْرَبَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ وَاللَّهُ أَخْرَجَكُمْ مِنْ بُطُونِ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ شَيْئًا وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ 
Surah is also called Surah Ni'am. The Surah of Blessings. Because in this Surah, many blessings are mentioned. In these verses, what blessings do we learn about? Which blessings? The tools of survival. That if we didn't have them, we couldn't survive. And what are they? Eyes, ears, heart. Just imagine if you could not see, or if you could not hear, if you could not remember anything, understand anything, keep anything in your memory, short term or long term, you couldn't. You couldn't process any information. Then what would your life be? How would your life be? Do you take pleasure in looking at things? Hmm? Has it ever happened that you see an image of fire and that leaves you disturbing? Has it ever happened that you see an image of a flower and that leaves you happy? Of a cute baby and that leaves you happy? So our eyes, they're not just tools of learning, but they're also a source of enjoyment for us. We experience this world through our eyes. We experience this world through our ears. The eyes, the ears, what are they? Windows of the heart. Because whatever you see, whatever you hear, goes directly where? To the heart. So these are also major blessings, without which life would be very difficult. Whenever we think about thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we think about those big, big blessings. And there are many blessings that we take for granted. And all of those blessings is what? Our own body. The abilities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. The very breaths that we take, the life that we live, the moments that we are existing. They're all a blessing. مَا يُمْسِكُنَّ إِلَّا اللَّهِ The birds, you see them flying, who holds them? But Allah, and this is a lesson. Signs for those who believe. Because they will appreciate, they will take a lesson from everything they see. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته